Hello and welcome to Matt Bites episode 62. I'm Mike Thomas and I'm here with my co-host Elaine Giles. And me. And me. Don't forget me. And in this episode, Elaine does the Christmas shopping and cleaning whilst the lion roars for real at MacBytes headquarters. It's all lies, I tell you. Well, the lion roars, but the rest of it is lies. It's not lies, but we'll come back to that later. Now get on with it. Yes. We heard from some MacBytes this week following um, last week's episode. Uh, it needed clarifying, apparently, that the buzzing toys were not of an adult nature. Now, there was me screaming, TMI, TMI, and apparently the MacBiters wanted more. What is the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, and we had uh, fun and games with your iTunes account this week, didn't we? We did. In fact, that wasn't fun. Nor was it a game, sadly, <laughs> yes. Yes, what happened was um, I came to log in on a Sunday morning, as you do, into your iTunes account to find that um, I'd got a rather dirty, curt message from Apple telling me that my account had been suspended for security reasons. Too much spending, I think. Possibly. Anyway, luckily, um, I was on Twitter, and luckily, I wasn't alone. But I was extremely glad not to have a credit card attached to my account, I'll tell you. Um, apparently, the usual procedure when that happens is that you have to actually contact Apple, which on a Sunday morning, I didn't really rate my chances. And um, I went through the process. There was a link and I followed that and it was on about resetting it. Um, and it did let me reset the password, which was another pain because then I had to re-enter the password everywhere that I'd got it stored, all the machines and all the rest of it. But I did actually manage to sort it out. But like I say, I was very glad I didn't have a credit card. And I started thinking straight away, what if I can't get this account working? What would that impact? And of course, there's all the stuff that I've bought from iTunes. There's all the stuff from the app stores. It wasn't a good thought. It really wasn't. I think actually it was to do with spending because I didn't get suspended. Mm. I spend on your behalf. I'm kind like that. <laughs> you are, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm not trusted, listeners. No, no, you're not. No, but um, then later in the week, it was time for iTunes match or not. I did think about it. Yes, it was late on a Wednesday night. Do you know, I think you'd gone to bed. I think that was what did it. I think I had. Yes, did lots you... of exciting things happen after you go to bed. Did you come and wake me up and say, iTunes match is out? No, I didn't actually. No, I just tweeted it. <laughs> <laughs> there it was in my account. So I had a look at it. Um, but it seemed to imply it needed a credit card. So while I'm thinking about it and tweeting about it and asking other people what they're doing about it, um, it vanished. Yes, iTunes Match disappeared. It did let people sign up for a short time. And then by Thursday morning, not a trace of it. It had completely vanished. Um, I hadn't signed up at that point because I'd come across um, a paragraph of text. I can't even remember where now. I think I must have followed through and got to this page um, about subscribing for an annual fee. You want to read that out? Yeah, it says... Um and before you take the credit, that was me. Was I it? found that. Oh, fair enough. I found that on um, on Apple's site. But uh, anyway, wherever it came Let's from... Let's not you... squabble over who no. found it. It's you so unseemly. Subscribe... You may subscribe to iTunes um, Match for an annual fee. You must have a valid credit card on file with iTunes to subscribe. Now, that was the sticking point for you, wasn't it? Well, it implied, this obviously wasn't the exact paragraph that I read. It said two things. It said you had to have a valid credit card on file with iTunes and leave it there for renewals. Yeah, 
And we all know your feelings on um, on credit cards, on, on iTunes. Well, I just don't need it. And if I'm using credit anyway, if I've got vouchers, then I don't need it languishing there, do I? No. If I, if I just carry on, it says your account will be charged no more than 24 hours prior to the expiration of the current subscription period. You may cancel automatic renewal by adjusting the iTunes Store account settings on your computer, and then you'll no longer be able to access your iTunes Match content from iTunes Match after the end of your subscription period. Well, the thing was, I already had voucher credit, so I wanted to know why I couldn't use that. So obviously I resorted to Twitter to ask people. And we heard from Jane that she said you could subscribe in Australia using voucher credit, but you could not in the UK. That's a weird one, but, uh, you know, Apple made the rules. What can we do? Yeah, I'm still not happy about it. But the good news is apparently, um, according to Carrie, you can put a credit card on the account, you can subscribe to it, and then you can take the credit card away. It doesn't deactivate match when you remove the card. But obviously for automatic renewal, I don't know what it would do next year. Would it demand a credit card or would it take any credit that you had? I'm guessing it would it would just cut off your subscription. I don't know, but I wish they'd make that clear and I wish it was the same the world over as well. There shouldn't I'm be differences. Going, I'm just going off other services where, you know, it, it will come up and it will say your account. We've had one recently where it says your your credit card is has, has expired. The credit card that you have on our system has expired or is coming up for expiry. I think that's that's what happened. And, and you'd automatically lose it. If you haven't got um, a credit card on file, then they will. I can see your point that maybe they will take vouchers, but I, I don't think they will. Money's money. They should do. Well, money's. I always remember in, in economics, money is as money does, but I think that applies to everyone except Apple. <laughs> Apple make their own rules. Yes, anyway, that was, that was the excitement with my account, which I did manage to restore, but um, <laughs> it was a hairy few moments because I tried to reset it uh, the first time and it, it failed again. It wouldn't let me do it. So then I got another email to say, you know, please go to this page and do this. And I'm thinking, oh, good grief, how many times is this going to let me even try this? But it was all all right in the end. But it wasn't just me. So it was obviously something, something had kicked it off. So why would they reset? Well, suspend for security reasons, however many accounts they did. If I know about six people that that happened to, how many people did it happen to overall? Mm, very true. Who aren't in the fortunate position I am to be able to ask people. If I tweet out, is the iTunes account okay? I'll probably get 20 replies in five minutes. But if you're on your own, you think, oh, my account's, oh, good grief, what's going on? And you've got nobody to ask. That's quite terrifying. It is the power of Twitter. Yes. Talking of the, the power of, uh, should we call it crowdsourcing, um, lesbian vampire killers, after your rash decision last week to put it out to a vote, why don't you tell us what happened? Nobody voted to say I shouldn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a one, you lousy, lousy lot. You all voted and said I should. In fact... I've, I'm hearing dirty rumours that a tweet watch is being arranged. Um, we did a tweet watch about ooh, a couple of months ago yeah. with the life of Brian, which I had never seen. So um, we tweet watched it and it, it was more enjoyable, I felt, tweet watching it. Well, apparently I've managed to talk myself into doing the same with lesbian vampire killers. So I'm putting it off till the new year. But, and I'm hoping that, um, that the tweet watch goes as well as the life of Brian tweet watch did. I've seen that. He's not the messiah. He's a very naughty boy. And talking of films that we've not seen, Star Trek. Oh, yes. Managed to get myself into a little bit of bother with that as well. I am 
the one person who has never seen an, a Star Trek film or an episode of Star Trek. No, I haven't either. Haven't you? No. Oh, right. Oh, well, that's the two of us then. <laughs> ah, yes. So, who better to star on an episode of the International Mac Podcast all about Star Trek? Than you. Yes. I, I managed to do that, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, the guys over at IMP are doing their... um. Uh, 12 Cubed, I believe it's called. Yes, 12 hours of podcasting in 12 hours. Crazy. And um, I was invited on. Initially, it was for an hour, but um, it got longer than that. And uh, I was eventually on for three episodes. So I did the photography one, and then I did the Star Trekking one. And then I did... What was the third one I did? You Remind know, I can't me. remember. Oh, I enjoyed the thing. Oh, it was about oh, demonstration yes, and learning. Demonstration wasn't it? and learning. Yes, that right was really up your good. Street. Yes. So so those episodes are out. Um oh, I think I think Christmas Eve and possibly Christmas Day for numbers 2 and 3. So um if you can't get enough of me and who can, then um have a listen to IMP. Uh, the photography one I really enjoyed. So really enjoyed those, but um yes, the Star Trekking one. In fact, if only it had been video. Because um Stu, who is one of the hosts of IMP, played Star Trek in the song. And I was sat here bopping along to it. <laughs> if only it had been video, I say. I was so, just yes, about I, to I sing had great that. fun there, didn't we? Great fun. I was just about to sing that and then I realised we were recording. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> so, I won't subject the listeners. No, don't. We'll put a link to the video on YouTube because it's still fabulous. Now, let's get back to, to, to techie stuff, shall we? To what I do best, What I you do best is breaking software, isn't it? Yes. Something we forgot to mention last week. Yes, we were talking about Postbox 3 and, and the hideous way I had to upgrade because of going in of the App Store and out of the App Store and all of that. And because we were so engrossed in the App Store side of it, yes, we forgot to mention that I broke it uh, within 30 seconds of installing it which is almost a record i think yes what happened was um i installed postbox new one nice interface very nice much faster than postbox 2 i might add and works brilliantly with um google hosted mail which is where my mail is mail doesn't work so well with google hosted mail hence me using postbox so what I do when I get um, a receipt for something is I create a PDF of it. So I hit file print and send it, send it to the printer and then save it as PDF. Simple. How far wrong could I go? Well, one of the other things I like to do is I don't like, um, I remember this years back in browsers when you used to do a printout and it tends to put a load of rubbish in the header and the footer. You remember that in IE? I remember that, yeah. And it was always... The printout was always too wide for an A4 yeah. page. You can just add insult to injury. Well, Postbox by default does that. It puts the uh, subject of the mail at the top and it puts the date and it puts page numbers, all kinds of gumph I just don't want. So what I had to do with Postbox 1 and Postbox 2 was go into the advanced preferences and the advanced preferences are hugely advanced and they're hidden away and you actually have to check a box that says if this all goes hideously wrong I don't hold you responsible. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, how advanced these preferences are. So I thought oh I need to reset the preferences. So I went into the advanced preferences and I found the print settings and I turned them all off. 
and then I went back to print it and I printed it to PDF. And after I'd done about 20 of these receipt things, obviously a busy day at the iTunes store, um, I checked one of them and they'd got all this stuff on the bottom. I thought I turned that off. So I went back in and I checked and yes, I had turned them all off. Um, so long story short, I contacted the developer. It's broken. Yes, that was sad. So Postbox 3, not good for me printing anything to PDF at the moment, because what I'm having to do is every time um, I come to print it, it has reset itself to add all this metadata around the printout. And there's no fix at the moment, not even through the advanced advanced preferences. Not good. So that was Postbox, but it wasn't just software either. Mm. No. Nope. Three drives have gone over the last two weeks. We need to insert the last post here, don't we? We do. Yes, I feel that's fitting for them. <laughs> it, it's horrible. When one goes, I start thinking to myself, I wonder when the next one will go. And then, of course, when two have gone, well, they go in threes, don't they? One all out. One out, all out, brother. Yes, I'm beginning <laughs> to think they're unionised. Anyway, I'm now checking the health of my drives with a stethoscope <laughs> daily, bought specifically for the purpose. And I thought it was to play doctors and nurses. What? <laughs> You bad, bad boy. Anyway, it wasn't just drives. Oh, no, because, of course, now is not a good time to be needing to buy drives, uh, given the price of them. But the machine that I record the show on, um, it, I could only describe it as possessed. Um, what was I doing with it? I must have been doing something. It must have been trying to record a show. And um, I came in into the studio and obviously I must have had Skype on this machine. There's no doubt I had Skype on this machine. I wouldn't be talking to you right now, would I? That's true. So Skype was on this machine and it had vanished. It had completely uninstalled itself, just completely vanished. Now, it's Skype 5, so anything could happen. Hate the interface, hate it. No, it had just completely gone. Now, I did not uninstall that. Of course, I could insert sarcastic Microsoft comment here, couldn't I? You, you know, I forgot they bought it. <laughs> Oh, no, I hadn't. Because then I had to go and install it. And you should have seen the rubbish it wanted me to install with it. <laughs> Silver light, probably. <laughs> and I thought, this is ridiculous. I mean, where had it gone? It literally had just completely vanished. So um, that was one problem with my possessed machine. My other problem was I downloaded... This possessed machine was the first one that had Lion on it back in July. And I did an over-the-top install. And to be honest... I think Lion is probably the first Apple OS that I've used that really needs a clean install because it, it's just, it's doing odd things. And I've heard other people say the same, that they feel a clean install would probably solve some of the problems. Um, I, so I installed the new version of Growl from the App Store. Love Growl. Have it attached to Prowl, as everybody knows. <laughs> Don't yes, we know? We have Prowls on, no, Growls on the Prowl. Always get that the wrong way round as well. Like um, buzzing so in thought, the bedroom. Yes, yes. No, leave that, leave that. <laughs> Get past that, for good, good grief. So I put Growl on and I linked it in with a new Prowl. And I did leave it long enough that I thought, well, you know, the point release is out. And I'm not sure if we mentioned that that roll-up window. You have mentioned that before, Whoever yes. thought, Whoever thought that was a good idea, it's not. It just sits there and it, it, it's horrible, horrible. And um, one of the things I use Growl for is to turn it off, to turn off all notifications in one place and you couldn't turn them off at all. So I waited until the point release came out, installed that and everything seemed to be humming along nicely. Apart from the fact that the paw print that sits in the menu started flashing at me and not in a good way. There was no way it would stop. Uh, even if I, I quit the whole of Growl, 
and went back into it, it just would not stop. So I ended up having to completely uninstall it, which is a pain because then when you reinstall it, you've got to go in and reconfigure everything again. The good news is it's finally stopped flashing at me. Now it's just sitting there, but it is working. So I'm thinking that machine was possibly possessed. Yeah, talking of possessed tech, um, we talked about iMessage last week, didn't we? And how it wasn't working for us. Um, we were we were finding that uh, there were delays, things were coming in the wrong order. But we did get some reaction from other people who who said it was positive. Um, yeah, Jane said it was working well for her. Good excuse to go to Oz, mm. really. Yeah. Yes, without the iTunes vouchers, I'm beginning <laughs> to wonder here. Preferential treatment, I think. However, later on in the week, we did get some people coming back to us um, who, who were coming to the same conclusion as us, that uh, it did have its flaws. Maybe we were seeing it because we have, well, I've got two iPads, three iPhones, and two iPhones would have iMessage on. So I can see that they're out of order. If you only had one iPhone, how would you know? Mm, very true. Mm. Very true. Yes, but uh, well, you turned it off, and quite a few other people have turned it off as well. So maybe that actually will will cure it. The, the less stress that's on the system, maybe it'll start working better. But cloud services in Apple this year, <laughs> not the best, I don't think. No, don't go well together, do they? No. No. Now, as some of the MacBiters know, I put a recipe for MacBytes Flapjack on the website. And, and very uh, popular it was too. It was. I believe Mr. Jane took it to work and... Um, I think, the flapjack, not the recipe. Yes, I think <laughs> Carrie uh, made some as well. So, uh, yes, it's... Uh, and I've, I've got another treat for people, but I'm not going to tell them what that one is yet. But uh, I believe you were being very domestic this week as well. No. Rumours of me being caught cleaning were um, grossly exaggerated. I was just making my new toy feel at home. Fair enough. And it was the last time... The, the last time the desk got cleaned was when the last new iMac went in. So, um, yes, it's sort of a semi-annual thing. And talking of your new iMac, how was your week with Lion? Q, the good, the bad and the ugly. You mean there was some good? Um, there must be something. Uh, um... Scroll bars are nice. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's it. awful to put me on the spot. Um, I actually do appreciate the ability to resize a window from one side. You can tell I'm struggling here, can't you? Yeah. Um, oh, on my new machine, the zoom hasn't broken yet. Which takes me back to what I was saying about doing a clean install. Because on the other machine, it's flaky at best. So um, mm, the zoom's okay. Imagine you see that shouldn't be broken in the first place. So I'm not giving that that a good. That's just 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 there. Um, okay. Mm. Oh yes, the now the, app, the app store updates. They don't put the icons in the dock. You were particularly pleased about that. Yeah, I said to you, I um I said why why isn't it putting them on the dock because it does on Snow Leopard and you said because it's lying. I t I totally forgot it was lying. It puts them in that launch thing. That other hideosity. That's launch the one. Pads. Launch pad. La yeah. Launch, launch bar. Launch no, pad. Launch pad, isn't mm. it? Yeah. I'm just not sure about that. I'm not sure about trying to keep machines. I just wouldn't use it. I'd want some kind of consistency between machines. And, and it's too... 
it's two per machine. You know, it just puts them on in the order mm. that the software's installed on. I know you can group them together into folders and things. It just, it's a touch interface. I know if I'm going to start using that, I'm going to be putting fingerprints all, all over my iMac. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to. So um, every time I do install via the App Store, that thing comes up. I'll have to look into disabling that. But uh, it, like you're saying, at least it doesn't mess my dock up because my dock has two icons on it, the trash and the finder. And then I hide it. So I'm not interested in the dock in the slightest. So I don't like to come to it and think, oh, good grief, it's got 27 icons in it. So it only has running apps in it. That's all that's in there. So, yes, it's nice that I don't have to drag them off. And I just dismiss the launch pad thing. I just ignore it. Um, mm, good. Mm, mm. I think that's it. No, no, no. There was one more thing. One in, more thing. In true Steve Jobs fashion, there was one more thing. The gestures in preview are nice. Now, you see, you're wondering now, aren't you? You're wondering. I am. Um, yes, it's got... Um, gestures on both the trackpad and the mouse and i have both attached um there was a default that a two finger swipe left or right takes you from now what are they the desktop to desktop or maximized app to maximized app well that had to go obviously uh, but you can with a one finger gesture no not that kind of gesture actually the two finger one was um yes uh, so yes this one finger gesture you can move from page to page and you can do it either left to right or up and down so in preview if you go full screen with it or you set preview to show you one page at a time then with a gesture it kind of slides the page out of the way so it's a nice it's a nice animation I think if you were, because with, with my presentations, I always create a PDF copy. And if I ever had to present with it, I wouldn't need to think about any transitions or anything. It would just transition very nicely. So yeah, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel, really, aren't I? <laughs> the, the big stuff, not so good. But the preview gestures are quite nice. I'll take your word for it. Should we move on to the bad? Yeah. The main section, you mean? <laughs> yes. Well, it's lying, isn't it? True. Um, it really, really did throw me that the finder, um, the devices are at the bottom of the finder. I know we mentioned this, but you know, working with it for a week, it doesn't make it any better. I wouldn't um, say it threw me, but I would say I keep, because I don't use Lion a lot, I've got it on the, um, the, the other machine. It's one of those things you forget and you think, oh yes, the devices are at the bottom. Well, obviously, when you first start using a new machine, you're installing a lot of software and you're moving files about. So I've been using the Finder a lot and I have kind of got used to it there. Now the problem I've got is that I've taken away a lot of the folders at the top that I don't particularly use. Um, I think there was a music folder listed, that kind of stuff. And when you've got your iTunes external, you, you never use that folder. So I've taken away some at the top which have meant that I've added to the top ones, the ones that I do use. And now the fact that they're at the top is actually quite nice when you use open and save dialogues because the stuff you use is at the top, not at the bottom where you have to scroll down to it. But the problem then is that it doesn't match up with Pathfinder. Yeah. So one's at the top and one's at the bottom. Mind you, Jane's okay, isn't she? Oh, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> very funny. No, I'm being serious here, but my device is at the bottom. Um, I'd like to be able to just customise it. Let, let me put them where I want to put them. But yeah, they're going to hop along, would you listen, are they? Um, I, one of the things I did straight away was unhide the library folder 
because I needed to move stuff in there, um, all my configuration settings and app support stuff. So I ran a terminal command to do it. And I expected that to just work, which indeed it did. Both my library folders came back. Um, there's the system library folder and your personal library folder. And everything was fine until I rebooted. Now, I thought that kind of thing worked permanently. Um, but when I rebooted, it disappeared again. So what I've resorted to doing just for the quickest, because if, I, if I'm going to be installing software and then I need to reboot again, I don't want to be keep hacking the thing. So I resorted to using uh, in the Finder window, if you go to use Finder Go, there is a list of places that you can go, your apps folder, your documents folder. Well, if you hold down the option key, it shows you the library there. So I've taken to using that. Yeah, I remember uh, when I first looked at Lion and I um, somebody mentioned that. I thought, you know, I don't want to have to keep holding the option key down. I thought, I'm sure there's a registry hack for that. A what? What? Did I say registry hack? You said registry hack. <laughs> you know what I mean. You meant terminal hack. <laughs> I meant terminal hack, yeah. If there's a registry on there, we're all doomed. <laughs> Um, another thing that's broken is Drop Copy Pro, which we've talked about in relation to Drop Copy Pro worked perfectly on Snow Leopard. And really what it gave you was airdrop functionality, but on Snow Leopard. Um, it's working after a fashion, but not completely. It's now completely annoying. What I'm finding with it is, for those who haven't heard about Drop Copy, Drop Copy gives you a sort of circle on your desktop. We call it the black hole. And you drag and drop files to it. And we have two machines with it installed and running. And if I drag and drop a file to it, it appears on your desktop and vice versa. So it's how we transfer things to each other really quickly. What's happening to me is I'm dragging and dropping to this circle on the desktop. And it's looking like it's gone but if you actually read and it's really tiny um like a little post-it note pops up it's saying cancelled and the stuff isn't appearing at your end but if i do it twice then the first one gets cancelled and the second one goes through fine so it's as if it's nodding off but there is no setting sort of you know don't nod off so I'm thinking that that is a problem on Lion. Now, I don't know if you're having the same problem sending stuff to me. I don't think... Oh, I did actually. Tonight I did. I sent you a couple of things that didn't get through first time, but that's the first time I've had a problem. Well, I don't know if that... Well, I mean, you're still on Snow Leopard, aren't you? So is it... Yeah, but I'm still going to a Lion machine. Mm, that's what I'm thinking. I think yeah. the Lion machine's what, what's causing the problem. It was really intended when we talked about it as a replacement for AirDrop, which doesn't work on anything other than Lion, and even then only when it feels like it. Well, we were using it before Lion anyway, weren't we? We've been using it for over 12 months yeah. easy, and it's always worked flawlessly, which is how come that you really, really notice that it isn't working quite as well now. So that's a problem. I don't know whether they're aware of that and they're working on it or what. I'll tell you what, I've, I've got so used to, to, to working with, with um, drop copy that if my boss at work who sits in the office next door says, uh, can you send me such and such a file, <laughs> instead of sending it via email, I'm looking for a black fat black hole on my desktop to drag yeah, that, it to. That's not going to work. It's not, though. <laughs> Great as it, it would be. I think it stands less chance of working on Windows than it does on Lion. I just think I need a way to keep it awake if that's what's causing the problem. 
Maybe it's a permission security type thing. I don't know, but it needs dealing with. Um, another thing was one of the first apps that I installed was um, Ecophon, which is my Twitter client of choice. And straight away, I noticed that nice though these scroll bars are in Lion, uh, you actually lose functionality in Ecophon by using it on Lion, which is the scroll bar on Snow Leopard and anything um, older than that was that kind of blue aqua thing. And what Ecophon had managed to do was in your timeline, if you had been mentioned, it put a thin black line across the scroll bar. So you could drag your scroll bar up and you could see your mention by putting it over the black line. And of course, that's gone completely now. So I actually quite miss that. It seems like a small thing, but I really missed it. Mm, small um, but important. Yeah, yeah. It's just something that you've got used to that now doesn't work. So it feels like it's broken um, or, a, or, a, or a feature's been taken away. Um, I did say to you that I was at the point of maybe Ecophone would have to go because I was also not seeing, when you have multiple Twitter accounts, which I do, um, you get an icon at the bottom and you, the icon gets a blue border around it when you've had a mention on one of the other accounts. And I couldn't get that working either. But that turned out to be some unrelated, because it didn't say, you know, put a blue border around it. It was talking about notifications. And I assumed when it meant notification, when it said notifications, that it meant growl. So I hadn't enabled those and I actually had to enable them and then change some settings. So it didn't use the growl system, but it did give me this blue thing. And then when I click on it, it opens up a menu and I can see next to the account name, the number of mentions that you've had. That seemed a bit awkward as well. I'm sure I didn't have to do that before because I wouldn't have known what to set it to. So Ecophon nearly bit the dust, but it, it's living on borrowed time at the moment. Um, I'm sticking with it because I like the way it synchronises with my iOS devices. Uh, the recursive copy is still driving me insane. So I'm trying to remember to use um, Pathfinder rather than relying on the operating system. But I've actually got... A worse problem and I can't believe you Mac biters you are in big trouble if you move to Lion and you didn't tell me about this you are in big trouble locked files now the last time I was on Lion I don't think I used it enough to notice locked files um, I lasted three days if you'll recall and all I really spent that three days doing was installing some software um, and looking at my email while I was doing it and that was about it uh, this time I've obviously had to stick with it and I'm getting locked files. And I, I'd not really heard much about this. Um, it's automatic file locking. So what's happening is I'm opening up a file and it really doesn't matter what the file is. I'm getting a message that says this file is locked and you can, there's, you get some options. I'm thinking, what do you mean it's locked? I didn't lock this file. Um, the default is two weeks. So after two weeks, all files get locked. My argument against that is it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, it, for me, I edit files from years ago. I've got every file since I got my first PC, I think, accessible on my network. And OK, I don't use the old files. Now, when I say old, I use files older than two weeks. I might not use files from sort of five years ago very often. But they're there and, and I'm thinking, what's this lock business? Because if they hadn't implemented this autosave feature, then you wouldn't need the locking feature, would you? Because what's happening is if I open a file and it is five years old and it's really an archive file, 
and then I make a couple of changes, it's going to automatically save them. So the locking feature is really a reaction to the fact that they've slapped autosave onto the top of the OS. And I don't like it. It's, it's a horrible extra step. It also feels like a horrible fudge, to be honest, to give you this autosave with one hand, but then kind of take back the ease of it with the other to say, oh, by the way, your files are locked after two weeks. Um, with Lion enabled apps, there's no option not to autosave. So that's why this, I suppose they're calling it a safety net. But it's only a safety net for your files if they're older than two weeks. So I started looking around and seeing what people were saying about this, thinking, I can't believe I've not read more about this, because to me that was as bad as some of the other major gripes I had with it, or well, the autosave in the first place, really. Um, and yes, people are talking about it, but maybe not as vehemently as, as I am. Um, you can, apparently, and this is instead of having to open a copy. So you remember when I talked about Pixelmator? Ooh, good few months ago now, and I was saying that, you know, if you open up a file, it will automatically overwrite it, and you will have to remember that don't open a file, make a copy of it, and then open the copy. It's all coming back to you? It's coming back to me, yeah. Yeah, the full horror of it. Um, well, I was thinking, I'll just have to do that. I'll just have to remember that. Well, apparently, you can manually lock a file. So I thought, oh, so if it's less than two weeks, but it's a file that I've done for a client, the client signed off on it, that's the final design, I can lock that file. And that means that if I try and open it, it will remind me. It will not let me make any changes to it. The file will be locked. And that's less than two weeks old. But I have to manually lock it. So I thought, hmm, that would work in situations like I've just described, a client file. So I thought, right, OK then you can lock a file. Now, we've talked about Lion being dumbed down for beginners. So I sat and thought, right, I'm a beginner. How would I lock a file? I mean, prior, question prior to that, how would I know I needed to lock a file? But let's not go there. I need to lock this file, so how do I lock it? And I thought, well, the file menu, because it's to do with the file, nothing. So I'm thinking, I then guessed, and it was a complete guess, but I thought, how would a beginner handle this? In fact, how would anybody know about this? So I asked you how to do it. You did. And I didn't have a clue. Yes. I wonder how many MacBiters know how. Because there's no menu command. I checked in the help. You know when you go to the help and you start typing a menu command? Yeah. I thought, well, let's start typing lock. And there was nothing. There's no shortcut key. And there's no proper interface. At which point you're thinking, it can't do it, but it can. Mm. You hover over the title bar of an open and previously saved file. And when you do, you get a little triangle pointing downwards. When you then click, it gives you some options, and one of them is to lock the file. So you can also revert to previous versions, etc. But that is where the lock option is. How are you supposed to stumble across that? Good question. Yes, exactly. The other thing is, it's just not consistent because notice I said the title bar of an open and previously saved file. If that file has not been saved, there is no menu at all. 
because it's not relevant, is it? You can't revert to a previous document. You can't lock the thing. This is not being saved. But then it's not consistent. Those menus are just missing, which reminded me of Office 2007 and its adaptive menu technology. We'll only show you what's relevant. Yes, right. That never worked for me. You don't know how you got on with it. I just do. Mm, I don't. Don't <laughs> like that. I just like an interface that's consistent. So at least the way it would work, if that was available from file lock file, it would be dimmed out if it wasn't relevant. And you'd know that that's where it was and you'd know it wasn't relevant and then you could sit and think why it might not be relevant. But if it just disappeared, you would assume surely it just it couldn't do it. Mm. I mean, you couldn't lock the file. No. And you know what you're doing. Do I? Well, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so rumour has it. So um, I didn't like that at all. And I started looking at, um, because I was having huge problems with a specific app. But what I did was I, I took a look at three applications just at random. One was Acorn from the App Store. That doesn't have auto-saving. It's not lionized, So it has file save as. And whether the file is saved or not, there is nothing in the title bar at all doesn't support versioning or anything. So that is an old style app and that's working a different way entirely. Then I took a look at Pixelmator, which works in the same way that iWork would do. Now on Lion, it has Lion autosave features. So it has all the things I've talked about. It has versioning, it, you can lock the file. It has this menu that magically appears like Mr. Ben when you've saved it and there's a version and this and that. So when all the caveats are met, this menu appears. On Snow Leopard though, the same software has none of that and it has a save as command. I know, because you said, didn't you? Well, they can't retrospectively retrofit the versioning onto Snow Leopard. Yeah. But to me, you've got one application that's behaving completely differently on a different OS. And you could be working in, off in an office where you don't roll out a new OS onto all the machines at the same time. Which begs the question, if I, may, if I save a file online and I know I've got my versions with it, and then I send it over to somebody else to work with, and they're working on Snow Leopard, and they send it back to me, my versions have gone anyway irrespective, I suppose, of whether the file was locked or not. So there's just complete inconsistency with that one. Then I looked at another app, and I specifically looked at this one because this one just made me smile. BB Edit. Uh, BB Edit, out Apple's Apple. Because BB Edit, uh, the new version, version 10, has autosave on Lion and Snow Leopard. And as you know from my testing and the cursing, it's most persistent, isn't it? It certainly is. Yes. BB Edit automatically saves a file even before it's been manually saved. So if you think of how Apple would like the feature to work after you've saved it, BB Edit does that whether you've saved it or not. It's actually virtually impossible in BB Edit to lose anything. Um, what I found is if I open up BB Edit and I just copy and paste some text in, and I do whatever it is I want to do with it. I might be marking it up in HTML or I might be removing HTML from it. Previously, on previous versions, I would just close BB Edit down. It would say, do you want to save the file? I would say no and everything would be fine. I'd have copied it and pasted it where it needed to be and that would be the end of it. BB Edit no longer prompts me to save anything. It just does it itself. So the next time I open up BB Edit, that file is there. But in fact, it's not a file, is it? I never saved it. 
so it's not actually a file that I could take and move somewhere it's just auto saved somewhere which also begs the question that if I had saved a file and then I'd opened it up in something else to edit it what would the auto saving and versioning make of that but that's probably getting far too convoluted so BB Edit, yes different again so there's three applications that work in three completely different ways depending on the OS depending on the version oh it's horrible absolutely horrible and um, what that's meant for my workflow uh, I, I use ScreenFlow a lot so I'm literally sitting down this week uh, doing less hands-on work and more let me process all these files work and I've been looking at ScreenFlow on Lion and what happened was I had a file that was over two weeks old so my first message that I got was oh panic panic this files locked do you want to unlock it cancel or duplicate it and I did actually have to stop what I was doing my mental flow and look at those options and actually really think what do I want to do with this file because it's the first time I'd really seen that dialogue over a file that is actually really important to me so before there's a crisis so I decided now I know what I'm doing so I'll unlock it I unlocked the file and I made a couple of changes at which point I got another dialogue box that was an upgrade warning now probably what had happened was I'd recorded in ScreenFlow 2 and I was editing in ScreenFlow 3 so then ScreenFlow needed to update the file so it did it that was fine I then carried on working and then I went to save the file so at this stage on my menu bar it's saying edited which is what these apps now do so I'm there and it's edited and I hit the save option at which point the whole of ScreenFlow ground to a halt and that gave me a message at the bottom saying copying media copying media to where yes I wondered that it's not making a new file I did not use save as because obviously I'm on Lion save as long gone I'm not duplicating the file either and no second file is actually created anywhere now the reason that I had to check all of that was that when I'd finished this edit and I closed the file down I went back to my finder and I'm then moving these files to where they should be and I had a oh, should we say a little bit of a panic attack because the finder was reporting my file my original file as being zero in size so I thought it's a blip it's just not updated the finder so I did a command and I to see the information on the file no zero I thought hmm, possibly now might be a good time to panic so I opened up the file and the file clearly wasn't to zero because it had this screen recording in it so I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the finder and I'm thinking I don't know what's going on here and what concerned me was this copying media message if I hadn't have seen that I'd have just thought it's the finder playing around but seeing a copying media message it made me wonder whether it had copied the media somewhere else so I start searching the hard drive just to see if there was another copy of this file and there wasn't so I then decided I would restart the finder and see if that made a difference and yes if I restart the finder I get to see the actual size of the file but if I don't it reports back a zero the whole of the time now this was after I'd also had other problems with ScreenFlow which was when I came to install it it stalled the installation just completely stalled and um, I was getting the message that said installing 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 but it didn't actually get anywhere 
The thing was, it was actually installed, which would have been fine. But every time I ran the App Store, so I shut down the App Store, then I reran it, it would come back with this message saying installing and it wouldn't let me do anything else. So I actually had to come out of the App Store, I had to get App Zap to zap the app, to go back in the App Store to reinstall it, if you're still following this. So that wasn't the greatest experience with it. Um, so manual remove of that and a reinstall. That was after, yes, this was the same app that managed to install itself to a network attached drive on my other machine. And then finally, to put the tin hat on it all, when I had finished editing my file and I came to export it, during the export, it creates a temporary file. And that temporary file has an odd extension. It's a .mov.tmp file. And what normally happens, and still happens on Snow Leopard, is that during the export, that file is there and it, and it gets bigger as the export exports. When it's finished, it renames that file to a .mov file and it deletes the temporary file. That is not happening on Lion. It's not deleted, it's not renamed on completion. So when it's finished and it reports and tells me it's finished, I go and look at the finder and I, instead of seeing two files, my original one and my export, I'm seeing three. My original one, an export file called .mov.temp of the right size and a .mov file of 4K. So every single export, I have to then delete this file, not the temp file, the one that's actually correctly named, and then rename the temp file to .mov. So my workflow took a big hit moving to Lion, and I, I literally can't believe that I'm the only one. And you've suffered this week being off, haven't you? I've suffered this week being off, yes. Um, listening to me. Listening to you. You know, just listening to you there, not suffering listening to you before you say anything, just listening to you there. Um, the good, because we're moving on to the ugly in a minute, aren't we? Uh, the good must have taken about two minutes, and the bad must have taken about 15. Not my fault. <laughs> I'm just saying it as it is. Should we go on to the ugly? <laughs> yeah, let's get on to the ugly. Uh, the ugliest thing's got to be the wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. I took one look at the wallpaper and said it looks like a leg ulcer. <laughs> I hope people aren't eating. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, Minster won't be listening while he's having his lunch. True. Oh, he might, you know. <clears throat> sorry about that. What it does, it's hideous. I mean, I've never really liked the... I mean, the space wallpaper's nice and stuff, but not to work with. I remember when the first one came out, which was Leopard, wasn't it? That was the first one that had that kind of space thing. And yeah. I, I wasn't keen. And I remember some guys in the Apple store saying the same, like, don't like this, don't like this, can't work with it. So they want their Mac to look like new and they want to use like the default wallpaper, but I can't work with that on it. So I prefer the old old fashioned ones. Um, at the moment, I've just got a blue screen on mine. So yes, I did have to get rid of the leg ulcer. But when you do system updates, it comes back. So no, I don't like that at all. I wonder how many MacBiters are using that wallpaper. Write in and let us know if you like it, because I don't. I think it's horrible. The black and white icons, we've talked about this, it's so pasty. I didn't put the hack on this system. Um, I figured I'd see how stable it was before I tried doing that. And they're not growing on me. They're not. It's still... I did used to have um, dedicated icons for drives, and it does make navigating much, much easier. So that's not growing on me at all. I thought it might, but it's not. Um, Mission Control and Launchpad. Don't like Launchpad at all. Mission Control might have possibilities, but I, it's not... I think I'd have to sit down and really set it up properly, which with spaces, I don't think you needed to. 
I know some people didn't like spaces, but I thought spaces was fairly intuitive. So mission control, I've kind of like looked at it and thought, yes, I'll, I'll deal with that another day. But I don't like Launchpad. Now, you said you didn't like mission control. No, I just didn't like the pair of them. No, I, I, it's not a great addition as far as I'm concerned. I'd like to be able to sort of name the desktops or have them in some kind of order where I, I can navigate to them directly, which, no, it's it's not not quite there for me. See, so. I, nev- I never use spaces, um, so I, I just... You know, I'm not saying I don't like them. I, I just wouldn't use them, that's all. Well, I did use spaces. Um, I put my email client and my Twitter client in a space and then went to work in another space and then sort of checked them whenever I felt like checking them, which was a good way of sort of having them out of your site. Um, I suppose you could do the same going full screen, but you see, full screen only works on one screen. So I can't see me ever going full screen with anything because I've got a 24-inch monitor sat next to me that would have nothing on it. True. So a complete not a waste of time. So I won't be going full screen with them. So no, I'm not using it either, to be honest. Um, Not keen on a dress book at all but i'm lucky in a way because with a dress book i've replaced that to be honest with the ipad where the look that they've given it does actually work so i don't know if that's how you look after your address book i tend to use the uh, the iphone rather than the other two devices to be honest one thing that i do do with the address book um on a fairly regular basis probably mentally scarred from the iCal sinking disaster. Um, I do make sure that my address book on my Mac and my iOS devices have the same number of cards in them. I'm I'm not that (laughs) anal, I must admit. Well, I work on the principle that, you know, I did have a problem with MobileMe about 18 months ago where I was adding addresses and it wasn't adding them. And it was a nightmare to think who have I added in the last three weeks. So what I, I do now is if I've added addresses when I'm out I do a quick check when I get back I don't actually check the names I just check that there's the same number of cards because you're so popular see yeah well that's it obviously (laughs) but I do my address book's fairly static Mm, I don't make too many changes but mm, I like to make sure that there there is at least the the right number Um, iCal can only be described as hideous and I'm not using it at all I surprise myself with that I've not um, iClouded yet thankfully. So um, I'm using, and and nor mail either. Um, No, because I'm using Postbox. So actually, address book I'm using on iOS, I'm using BusyCal instead of iCal and Postbox instead of mail. Hmm, I'm moving away, aren't I, from these apps? You are. Yes. Um, Just another thing that is just so pathetic in a way. The sidebar, when you put your external drives on, depending on the name of them, Um, the sidebar's not wide enough to show them. So what I used to do when that happened was just open a finder window, make it the right size, and it would twang to the right size. You know what I mean when I say that? I do. It would just twang to the right size, and then you could close the window down, and then when I opened up a new window, it remembered it. No, it won't remember it. So it's sort of squashed up. Now, it seemed to remember it, and then I rebooted and that set it off again. So not impressed with that either. That's that's gone down on, on, on the ugly side, I'm afraid. I think um, somebody said, um, it was like a discussion question, and um, you said, ooh, ooh, can of worms, can of worms. Um, Lion is Apple's Vista, discuss. That's right, I remember saying that. <laughs> yes, and I thought, ooh, can of worms there. <laughs> Poke a wasp nest it's with true. the stick, why don't you? It's true. 
Um, I stand it, by it. it. It needs a lot of work, in my opinion, it does. Um, will I stick with it? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I've built the machine up to a... have no choice, though, have you? Well, you're not going to have in the end, no. It's yeah, just whether... Doesn't your Mac have to have... No, no, luckily not. No, right. my Mac is actually, when it was new, it was um, a mid-2011, so it can have Snow Leopard on it. The newer Macs cannot, which was one of the things that was preying on my mind as I was thinking about, is now a good time to buy a Mac? And I always think, no, now is not a good time to buy a Mac. I know people might find that odd, but I do think that a lot. Um, I seriously considered waiting um, but it got that bad and I got a lovely discount. So um, I decided that no, now was a good time. And the fact that it could run Snow Leopard in an emergency was appealing, to be honest, because I have so many images that I've got that when the other one goes back, if I find, oh, good grief, I need to run whatever, the, the image will be sat there and I'll just be able to boot to it and carry on. So I'm lucky in, in terms of that. We will all have to go to Lion in the end, whether we like it or not, of course. I would say I hope they fixed it by then, but I think in their mind these are improvements. They're not improvements in my mind, I beg to differ. I, I don't... No, I agree with you. I, I don't think they all are, not by a long way. It's not a case of just... It's just a change, get used to it. The impact on my workflow, it has slowed me down. It slowed me down a lot. Now, I'm not saying that this um, saving media in ScreenFlow is apple's fault but let's just say that the same file behaves differently on snow leopard than it does on lion so whatever's happening it's a lion issue and it, it means these files that i'm working with um i found a file today that was a screen recording and it was 90 gig now i will admit obviously it was a long file it was one of, one of my one of my longer training sessions but i have to juggle with files that are potentially 90 gig if that wants to save its media air quotes save its media how quaint make a copy of it stick it somewhere i don't know it's going to struggle on a 256 um gig ssd isn't it yeah because that would take virtually the whole thing if it makes a copy of it now it doesn't seem to be making a copy of it but i don't know who knows who knows what it's doing and it's doing a different thing to Snow Leopard. So to me, it's it's not right. There's something wrong somewhere. If the same piece of software behaves differently on, an, on one OS to another, then it's the OS. And I don't know what the problem is. I don't know who's got to fix something, but there's enough wrong with it that I, I, I look forward to 10.7.3, 4, 5 and 6. And hopefully by the time we get to the next one, they'll have done something much better. But do you know what I fear? I fear that 10.8 will look just like iOS. Yes, I fear that uh, this will come to Windows as well. And work in the same way. So yes. I'm still, I'm hanging in there. Macbiters, I am hanging in there. I'm with the lion this week and I'm hanging in there. Whether the same will be said at New Year, I don't know. But Mike is now on holiday officially, so he'll be here to witness it and mm, tell you all about it. Yes. I, have, I have found a few things that might help, which were the fixes. Um, Tinker Tool is working very, very well. One of the things that was driving me mad was the uh, resume settings. And the thing that Tinker Tool does is let you set the resume settings on a per app basis. There are some apps I just would not want stuff resumed in. And it was a global setting, but Tinker Tool takes it down to a more granular level. So that has been 
wonderful. Um, the other two uh, are Onyx and Deeper. Now, the only problem I had with those two was Onyx insists on running some kind of system-wide check when it runs, and it was complaining vehemently about a drive, and I thought, I've just not got time for this now. Tinker Tool just opened up, tell me what you want to do, do it, and move on. Um, oh, oh, and the good. There was another good, but th that wasn't really lying. It, it was just a general good. Go on. Because it's got an SSD and because it's got 16 gig of RAM, rebooting takes like 12 seconds. That's pretty cool. But of course, when you reboot, you lose half your settings, so I'm still not doing it. <laughs> Fair enough. But you had better luck with your Lion machine this week. Yeah, I've had fun with Lion for the last, uh, what, when did it come out? Was it July? July the Just 20th. About, about six months, isn't it? I installed Lion on my 13-inch uh, white MacBook the week it came out and uh, had a little play with it. I I was never intending to to use it on a, on a full-time basis, but obviously, you know, you've got to do these things, haven't you? Install it the day it comes out. But after installing Lion, um, I couldn't connect to the internet via Wi-Fi or cable. I can see our router and I can see other Wi-Fi's in the neighbourhood. And the Wi-Fi indicator shows a full strength signal, but it had an exclamation mark in it. My first thought was that the airport card was broken and a, a few other people on Twitter came up with this idea as well. And uh, then, doing a bit more research, I thought it was a problem with the Lion drivers. So what we did is we booted last week to a Snow Leopard image and still had no joy, then rebooted to Lion um, still no joy. And I went into network settings and I noticed that it had a list of previously connected to networks that I'd previously, previous networks that I connected to. So I removed all these. I renewed the IP address and bingo, it's working. Thing was, you had actually renewed the IP address and we tried static IP addresses. We'd done all sorts, reservations and nothing worked. So it must have been taking the other networks away. Yeah. It's, so uh, whether that's a security issue or something, because you did an over-the-top as well. It's a weird one, that, isn't it? And you said you found other people, when you Googled, who had exactly the same problem. Yeah, somebody. it was actually somebody that, that came up with that suggestion of removing all your other networks. They actually suggested creating another, is it like a profile in network settings? A location. Location, yeah. Now, I did that... Um, and then I took away all the previously connected two networks and it worked. And then I took the other location away and it still worked. So I think it must have been taken away all those connections. Um, but my white MacBook has had a, another lease of life as well this week. It's had a RAM upgrade. Thanks to, to you and your Kitchenalia skills. Yeah, they're not Kitchenalia. <laughs> Kitchenalia. No, there was no wooden spoons used at all. No, no there was no Kitchenalia bothered at all, I can assure no. you. No, that's, I have uh, all the right kits. That's that's a euphemism now, I think, for any time we do a kit upgrade, the, the Kitchenalia. Oh, the shame. No, no. Uh, yes, because it worked, because it got its network connection back, it got a little gift, didn't it? It did. It's now gone up from 2 gig of RAM to 4 gig of RAM. It's a shame it can't take any more. Didn't you say it could take six? I think Well, somebody I read... said unofficially it could yeah. take six, but that would have necessitated having a two and a four, which never works well because they work better in pairs. So yeah, we, set we settled for... Um, hmm? Was it Jane that had that problem? That was one of the problems Jane had, yes, and I've heard of other people having that problem as well. So what I did with mine, mine um, had four and four slots, 
Um, it can take 32 apparently, which would be three eighths, but three eighths is, um, well, I'd probably have to remortgage for three eighths. So I went and got um, four fours and I took out what was in it. Um, I wouldn't leave what was in it in it. I'd just, I'd just buy it new so it matched and that way I'm less likely to have any problems. We have, however, got a drawer full of um, spare RAM. <laughs> We've got lots of ones and lots of twos, all of which are completely useless. No, there is only one computer left in the house that isn't maxed out, I think, which is my laptop, which apparently can take three, which would need a two and a one. Mind you, we've probably got that in the mix and match RAM drawer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not going in there, not now, though. So no. I'll leave that alone for the moment. Okay, so we've had your uh, week with Lion. Should we have your week without Adobe? Yes. Um, my new Mac has that, that, that wonderful new Mac aroma. I can smell it. Yes, exactly. And um, I, I haven't yet sullied it with my creative suite master collection um good news though we talked about this and said it was ridiculous uh, that good news this week is there is a, an update to the connect add-in out i've not tested this either you know why why because i've not got flash on ah, my machine yes. yes so um yes i haven't so i can't test this yet but uh, they have brought out a lion enabled update well when i say lion enabled I was excited to, to see this and I went and I read the article. It's a knowledge base article on Adobe. And I thought, fabulous, it, it will actually work now. And then I read all the caveats and rolled on the floor laughing. And you said, what on earth are you reading? So I sent it to you and I said, well, you know, never mind the, the, all the paragraphs at the top. So just look at that really small, small print at the bottom. And it was ridiculous stuff like it doesn't work with Firewire. Yeah, it's not compatible with external audio interfaces, whatever they may be. I'm assuming it means a mixer that you have your XLR microphones plugged into. Ah. Because you'd need a microphone in Connect, wouldn't you? So yeah, if you true. had anything other than a USB connection, it won't work. It's also not compatible with secure desktop sharing. Is it actually compatible with anything? I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't tried yet, but I know I'm going to have to because I have webinars coming up. So at the moment, if I need to connect, I'm using my old machine. That's why it's still there. But I know I'm going to have to um, bite said bullet and install Flash and the Connect add-in and let everybody know how I go. I'm hoping it works with all my kit or there will be tears before bedtime. I have tried the old Connect add-in, and like we said, as long as it was installed, it would work. Um, and I haven't had the problems with it that other people have had, touch wood. But uh, I'm not hopeful on a new machine. No, I'm not. And Apple have probably nobbled Lion in some way, so Flash <laughs> behaves even worse than usual. But talking of Flash, yes, Adobe and more Flash nightmares, but this one is funny. This one is hysterical. Um, first of all, May I just add, I've, I've been around the internet with my non-Flash Mac this week and I've noticed all the places that have got Flash content. And I've been surprised because we hear a lot of Apple fanboys deriding Flash and they're the ones that I've noticed placing Flash content on their sites. Yes, mm. ads and videos in Flash format. Way to go, guys. Your lack of integrity astounds me. You just lose all credibility. If you're going to stand there and talk the talk, then at least remove all the Flash content from your website, say, and walk the walk. Because as I looked at it in Chrome, I'm thinking, 
hmm, because I've got a flash blocker installed in Chrome. And I'm thinking, flash? And you should have seen some of these sites. I won't name names, but shall we say they were um, very well-known Mac bloggers. There were very well-known Mac podcasts that, that you can play their podcast on their site. Yes, flash enabled. Fabulous. And then I thought to myself, before you criticise anybody for that, does your own site work? And I thought, it must do, because I remember when the first iPad came out and people were importing them into the country. We didn't have ours. We waited until they were available here. And if you remember, I said to you, need to get this blog enabled so it's all HTML5 video. And we had the devil's own job because we couldn't test it. How could we test it? We didn't have an iPad. So we tested as far as we could with every browser we could lay our hands on and an iPhone, but we didn't know if it was working on the iPad. And I remember putting out a help call on Twitter and said, if anybody's got an iPad, can you please check this site? Can you see a video at all? <laughs> or have you got some kind of weird symbol, in which case I need to deal with it? And um, it came back and they said it was looking great and the video was working. So I went to my own sites. Not a flash player required in sight. So it can be done. It's not difficult and it doesn't cost anything. But what gets me is I do have a flash blocker. I do do a lot of work with Adobe and I actually personally have no problem with flash. But I'm not the one banging the drum about flash, am I? But all the Apple fanboys who are jumping up and down saying flash is dead. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. Take the ads off your site. eh? Take the videos off that need flash. Go hell, it's HTML5, as you've been telling everybody else to do for ooh, two years minimum. Yes, yeah, so that's that little rant over with. Uh, so I did mention um, last week just how inaccurate the reporting of the flashlight issue was. And in that vein, if you've ever wondered just how accurate most tech reporting is, there was a classic example this week. What happened was somebody tweeted and they were one of my Adobe people and they tweeted something with a title of like, um, flash on the iPad and iPhone problem solved and then put LOL, 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 LOL after it. And I thought, what? So I clicked on this link and it went to um, an article that somebody had written about somebody else's article. So it's getting complicated now. So I'm having a look here uh, as to which one it is. Have you had a look at these links? I haven't, no. So I'm looking at, I think it was the second one. Yeah, the second, the second link, I'll put these links in the show notes. They are so worth seeing. It's just a shame that thestreet.com changed their story. Luckily, the second article has the original story as it was written, because what they'd actually put was it was an article on the street that was talking about Apple being in talks to buy a flash storage company for mobile products, which was the Anabit Technologies company that they did end up buying. And off it was rabbiting away all about flash. Yes, Flash drives, flash memory, not flash. <laughs> yes, you're reading it now, aren't you? If you read the second one, it's the scream. So what they'd written in this thing was that it um, that if Apple were to buy this company, it would solve the problem of being able to watch flash content on the iPhone and iPad. Yes, I know. You couldn't make it up, could you? No. So when I say that tech reporting is very, very poor, I'm not joking. They are definitely worth a read. Um, the second one, which is the um, guy commenting on it, he said, um, it's a pity for the street who didn't today have some kind of <laughs> a good mentality. They instead, presumably, the thought process went like this. Oh, 
I have a story to write about Apple and Flash. Google's Apple and Flash. Hmm. Write story about Apple and Flash. And Flash, confusing Flash and Flash, and he's put a capital F here, in a thoroughly embarrassing way. And um, he actually quotes from the original article, which says... For a company that's relied on inventing and growing internal products to win consumer loyalty, a flash-focused deal could potentially solve an off-sighted bother of Apple's popular iPhone and iPad products, their inability to handle Adobe's Flash program that allows web users to view applications, pictures and video. And then this guy comes back and says, the original article has now been updated twice and now says it has been updated to reflect the difference between flash memory hardware and the flash software. (laughs) (laughs) So that's them crossed off my list of anyone to take any notice of. That one I thought was a complete classic. I love it. Well, we've said before, haven't we, about the integrity of journalism these days? We have. Uh, been very poor and uh, that just goes to show incredibly poor any idiot can google it and write a load of rubbish good grief and most do uh, yes that's that's apparently what was written mm. so well worth a read that one now notice that mini rant there yes yes yes, yes, <sighs> yes. now moving on it's christmas you've got to allow me a rant okay you done yes i'm done now for good. now okay moving on we were comparing sizes a few weeks ago were we? Oh, yes. yes. yes Sorry, I'm, I'm back looking at the show notes now. <laughs> stop it, stop it, stop it. We were comparing library sizes a few weeks ago in the chat at um, one of our MacBytes learning events. And uh, ours were about 70 to 80 gig and other people's were only about 20 gig. Yes, and apparently bigger isn't always better. Yes, apparently so. Mm. Um, you This week you worked out why. Well, yes, the guy in question thought that a 20 gig library was horrendous. And um, I had no idea how big my library was. I wasn't concerned. At this stage, I was using a one terabyte hard drive as my main boot disk. And 80 gig wasn't going to phase me in the slightest. So when I checked and it was so much bigger, took a screenshot, sent it back to him and said, I don't think your 20 is anything to worry about. And he was quite happy. Um, My problem started. I didn't give that any more thought. Um, I wasn't concerned about it at all. Um, I tend to keep the machine fairly clean and tidy. I uninstall apps that I'm not using and stuff. Uh, don't you know, I run utility apps to take temporary files away and all of that. So I really wasn't concerned. Uh, what happened was when my new toy arrived, I made a backup of it. I put some software on and I made an initial backup. And I think it was around the 20 gig mark. And for the next couple of days, it stayed that way. And then all of a sudden, I did a backup and thought, why is this backup... I think it was nearly 90 gig when I hadn't actually installed any more software. That was when I got concerned. And what I found was it was my iPad and iPhone backups, which are stored on the hard drive in your library application support mobile sync backup folder. And when I went investigating, I found that because I'd got three iPhones and two iPads backing up to my hard drive, it had taken 80 gig out of my 256 gig SSD which is a lot. And I thought, actually, if all these devices were full, I've got two 64 gig iPads, a 64 gig, a 32 gig and a 16 gig iPhone, there wouldn't be much room left for anything else. So uh, my first thought was to shift them. I didn't want to move them in terms of deleting them and 
synchronizing my devices on another Mac, I actually wanted to carry on using this Mac to do it. So what I did was I moved the folders to an external drive and created symbolic links and it worked perfectly. I was concerned I'd have to run the backup completely from scratch, but just moving the folders and creating a symbolic link, it just found them and everything worked wonderfully. And I'm back down to sort of only use 20 gig off my somewhat small internal hard drive now and uh, you did the same didn't you i've done the same yes um really even though i've got a 500 gig hard drive i just thought taking 80 gig off that um whereas i can take 80 gig off a, a two gig external hard drive so and, and you take less of a hit you mean terabyte don't you what did i say two gig yeah terabyte sorry <laughs> We know what you mean. Yeah, I just think in your case, if you wanted to back them up when you're on the on the move, because yours is a laptop. But I, yeah. I think it's ridiculous given you've got your iTunes library on there as well. Yeah, that's a point actually, isn't it? Um, I couldn't back them up on the move, could I? No. No. Not unless you had the drive installed. No. Yeah. But you wouldn't yeah. want to, would you? No, you can't win them all, can you? You've no. just got to, you've just got to choose the the best situation, I suppose. You'd actually have to be careful because with wireless sync, if you've got wireless sync turned on, and you took your laptop with you to work, and they're on the same network, and you plugged in, it might try automatically backing up. True. I've never tried wireless sync. You know why? Because I've I've actually got the the the, the cable right next to me. I wasn't overly excited about wireless sync, but no. um, I've warmed to it. So I manage to, I, I do my devices probably in the evenings and, and do it every day. And that way they don't tend to get too far behind. What I have noticed is, though, that there's some applications that are reporting as being, uh, you know, an update is available. And I go to, to the desktop to iTunes and search and it's not telling me there's an update. And what I'm having to do is actually update it on the iOS device and then copy it back to the iTunes library. It's the only way it will update certain apps. So that's quite interesting to note. Mm. Talking of apps, um, two of my bedtime apps were updated this week. Oh, now, good grief. <laughs> they're not apps of an adult nature, before anyone's wondering. I call them my bedtime apps. It's Zeit and Flipboard. I call them my bedtime apps because I usually go to bed with them. I'm saying nothing. No. They're Best personal, behaviour. Personalised magazine apps, as uh, people who've uh, listened to our previous episodes will know about and uh, they're great. I love I love both of those apps. I did a review um, a few episodes ago. They're both now available on the iPhone as well. So uh, I don't have to go to bed to read them. I can read them anywhere I like. You could have done that on the iPad. Not if I'm take. Not if I'm out with a dog. I can't carry the iPad. I don't know how hand. you manage to read anything when you're out with a dog. It takes me two hands, two feet, and usually a tree to to just keep vertical. <laughs> Oh, you see, I'm used to it now. I could tweet with one hand or now sight and flip book with one hand. Flip book, flip board <laughs> with one hand. Teeth are going. <laughs> we've been doing this, what, nearly an hour and a half. Do you think we've Te had too much eggnog? Te <laughs> teeth are going. <laughs> How good should we don't drink? <laughs> oh, water, water. Um, yes, both are now available on the iPhone. Um, at the end of October, uh, they brought out a new feature called Profiles, which relies on a technology they call Sybil. <laughs> saying nothing faulty towers that's exactly what I was thinking yes, Basil for our English friends um, do you mean non-English everybody's heard of faulty towers do you think they have yes okay, get on with sorry. it 
Um, basically, it allows multiple users to um, use the same device to display separate content. So it allows you to have your content. It also allows you to have your content synced across multiple devices. So if you've got Zite on two iPads, you can set up the same configuration on both iPads. Now, initially what you do is you set up the app, you choose your content. So you, you select what they call uh, sections. Um, so you might have the, the, the tech section and the sports section and the, uh, the iPad section and the cooking section. What? Yes, the cooking section. I've got no. that. I, get, I take it you haven't? You can honestly say not. And you assign your Twitter account. So based on all of that, it You've got decides... a RAM fitting section. A what? A RAM fitting section. There probably is in the tech Yes, but you haven't got one, have you? I haven't got one. No, no, no I thought not. No, Carry I on. do the cooking, you do the round fitting. Yes. Perfect combo. Works well. Stop interrupting me. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, based on all that configuration, it then works out what the uh, what stories to give you. But at that point, you have no profile set up. And as I say, these profiles are, are relatively new. So what you do is on the iPad, you tap the save profile button, which is at the top left, and you tap save. And because you haven't got a profile, at that point you create one. You type in your name, an email address and a password. You can then create a second profile. And what you do there is again, you tap the profile button and that then contains the name of the currently logged in user. So you tap new profile and you create a profile and then you choose your content. So what it is doing as I said is it allows you to have multiple users each one with their own content on the same device. If you want to then log in as the first user tap the profile button and you get a list of the profiles that you've set up on that device they're actually stored on that device or you can tap the login button and enter another username and password. So what I did is I installed Zite. I'm just talking about Zite here, not Flipboard, by the way. Uh, I installed Zite on the iPhone and I ran the app and it came up and it said, um, have you already set up Zite on another device? And naturally, because I'd been using it on the iPad for several weeks, I clicked yes. It then asked me for a username and password. And I thought, I haven't got one because I hadn't actually investigated profiles and I hadn't created a profile at this stage. So I click cancel and then I click no. So it then let me select some sections. So I had uh, the, the, the sections I wanted, but they, as it happens, I think they were the same sections that I picked on the iPad, but they didn't have to be. So later I wanted to set up my profile on the iPhone to sync the content, but there was no way to actually log in to an existing profile on the iPhone. There was nowhere where I could go and I could say, log in, here's my username, here's my password that I'd already set up on the iPad. And there was also no way to create multiple profiles on the iPhone. So I contacted support and they came back and they said, uninstall and reinstall and say, yes, you have set up on another device. Which was exactly the same advice that I gave you, incidentally. It was. I just, you know, I just don't think it's it's a way to go. 
Well, we mentioned when we talked about Zeit and Flipboard and I said that, you know, you, you spend six months saying thumbs up to this and yes, show me more of that. And then if you move to another device, you lose that. So the fact that it would be good to have that synchronised across devices, be them iPads or an iPad and an iPhone, we'd already said that that was the feature that was missing. Then they add it and forget to let you to let you log in. Yeah. That's pretty fundamental. Now, um, one last bit to add to this, which isn't in our show notes because uh, I've only just got the email. I actually sent them an email this afternoon and they've literally got back to me about five minutes ago. Your um, email's open. My, my email is open for the very reason that I was waiting to see if he replied to me. Uh, I, and I'm I re- sitting here Twitterless and emailless. Mind you, I, I have got I have got the Christmas stock of marshmallows in here. Yes, I'll be mm. raiding the studio when we've finished. Yeah, that's what you think. <laughs> if there's any left. <clears throat> Say nothing. Chomp, I, chomp, chomp. I've got the I've got the stock of flapjack. You've got my iMac, so you're all right <laughs> blackmail wise. Anyway, the um I did email him as I said, and I said, So does Zite on the iPhone not support multiple profiles? And he's come back to me and says, Since iPhones are generally not shared between more than one person, that's correct. We don't support multiple profiles on the iPhone, at least for now. Understandable for the phone, but I'm presuming it works on an iPod Touch, and that might be shared. Mm, I don't know, but yeah, the the key point is okay. It doesn't support multiple profiles, but um, it doesn't let you log way... in either. Sorry, doesn't let you log in either. That was the point I was going to make. the The only way that I could uh, synchronize my content across the two devices, having said no in the first place, was to uninstall and reinstall and say yes. Hmm. That's just not been thought through. I mean, no. you and I have designed applications and you do sit there with post-it notes, moving them around a whiteboard. Yeah. Making sure that, you know, does this work logically? Can I log in here? Can I log out there? What if this happens? What if that happens? That's the whole essence of, of system engineering, system admin and design. Yeah. But, you know, if, as I said, if you, if you do manage to, to jump through all those hoops, which I have done, uh, then your content and also your learning... As we said before, it it learns as it goes, is synced across your devices, which is great. It's just it takes you through a, a half a dozen hoops to get there. And you did you mention that you didn't even know if you had an account? I think yes, I think I did, didn't I? I said I said before that I I didn't think I had an account. I wasn't sure. I, I honestly, when I saw an account, because the the question is unclear yes. it doesn't say do you have a zite account if you do log in now it says have you got this set up on another device yes and if you've already got it set up on your ipad then it is set up it is but you do not need an account to have it set up so it's unclear bad wording guys bad wording exactly but good news is good app love the app and as long as you do it in the right order it will work yeah so create your profile first on your ipad and then take it to your phone and log in with it and if you don't have uh, an iPad, then you can create a profile uh, on your iPhone. Um, you you go in and you say no, you don't have it. Um, you you don't have a profile, and then it lets you create one. So you can create a profile on your phone. You just can't log into an existing one. That's what I mean about it being confusing, though, for yeah. an average user. It, there's no need for it to be that confusing yeah. at all. I mean, if you think what service cloud-based service doesn't let you log in mm. i mean people must have set up evernote and dropbox box um cloud app there's a million of these things yeah and they all let you log in that is pretty fundamental 
It is, it is. Should we, uh, should we do our, our uh, regular um, Google chat? What have they killed this week? I don't think they've... No, actually, I mean, I'm in a rather good mood with Google this they've week. They've not killed personally. anything. What? They've not <laughs> killed anything that I know Cle- of. Clearly <laughs> an oversight. <laughs> They'll kill two next week to make up for it. Yes, there's... Uh, I'd better not say this too loud, had I? No, I don't think you should. Our little electronic friend. Mm. But there's a rival to Siri. Yes, Magell, after the voice of the Federation computer in Star Trek, is an enhanced version of Google's voice actions, currently available on most Android devices. And it's going to be able to understand more natural language commands than voice commands. Another app start trying to usurp my position? Bring it on, boys, I can take it. But haven't you got a shameful admission to make about Google this week? Hmm... Must admit, um, we talked about Google Plus finally, finally coming to apps enabled accounts and um, got to admit I quite like it. Really? Mm, I've not used it as much as I might, but when I have, I actually do quite like it. I think if there were more apps, like there are Twitter apps, so you can sort of choose the one that matches you best, I'd probably use it more. But I've actually pinned a google plus tab in my browser so there's a possibility i might use it more and i'm actually thinking it's rather nice she's relenting guys she's relenting which means of course it should be dead by easter (laughs) yes (laughs) yes given my history with it but uh, you had your own arguments with chrome this week didn't you with uh with the signing thing yes yes i didn't quite get that um there's a it's the little monkey wrench spanner thing. Um, I clicked it and I clicked um, sign in and then it wouldn't let me sign out. I, I d- didn't really want to test something in case I broke it. <laughs> so, yeah, not quite intuitive, guys. Uh, well, in Chrome, you what I do is I have um, my Google account. I logged into it via the um, preferences. So in Chrome preferences. That enables me to synchronise not only bookmarks between... Um, installs of Chrome, but also the extensions that I use. So it's a really good way that, you know, if you think of how you would have to work with um, Safari and Firefox, I know Firefox does have some sort of sync, but I've never got it working, um, where you have to, you think, oh, I'm missing a plugin, I'm missing this extra. Um, You'd have to do it all manually. Well, in Chrome, it really works very well. So I've been logging into my Google account anyway. What they've done is they've added it, like you say, to um, the button on the menu. Uh, next to the URL bar, but it seems to be. Um, I think you could have done that anyway. What, what you, how you described it to me when you said, "Well, I can't log out." You must, you must not log out. You must log in as somebody else. So you're logged in as you on, until you want to log in as somebody else. Logging yeah, out see, isn't a, an there's option. A button. There's a button that says "Disconnect your Google account." Maybe that's what you click. But that might do all sorts of um, other things. Yes. Um, How I would do it, because I have done it, but there is one caveat to bear in mind if you do it this way. Um, In your preferences under personal stuff, you can disconnect your Google account, like you're saying, and there's also an advanced option under there as well. And the the advanced option is where you would tell it what you want to synchronise. So it can synchronise apps, autofill bookmarks, passwords, the Omnibox history, extensions, preferences, themes, can do the lot. Um, I have done it that way, but the caveat is, what it will do is, if you have bookmarks on machine number one, and they are copied across, they are synchronised to machine number two, and you then sign out on machine number two. You disconnect your Google account. When you reconnect it, 
it will only it, it will have problems synchronizing the bookmarks on machine two. So the trick I've learned with that is I always have at least one machine that I personally consider the master machine. And I make sure that that is synchronized by pushing it up to Google. And then I would go to the second machine that I then want to reconnect to my Google account. And I make sure that all the bookmarks are deleted. It doesn't seem to have as much problem with the extensions, add-ins, plugins stuff as it does the bookmarks. So if I delete all the bookmarks, then it downloads them all and they're all in sync. But if I don't, if I have sort of three bookmarks on machine number two that aren't on machine number one, those don't seem to get copied back. It's as if it, it sort of gets confused. So, uh, and if you're going to try that, make sure you export your bookmarks first, which is in a strange place. You have to go to bookmarks, bookmark manager, and there is an organize menu. And at the bottom of there, you have export bookmarks to HTML file. And if you do that, then you've got a copy that you can import either back into Chrome or you can import into other browsers. So just for safety's sake, I would do that first. Then I would nuke the lot and then I would link it to the Google account. Now, from what you're saying, I thought it was fast user switching. I thought it was if you had two Google accounts, you could quickly switch between them. Not that I can see. But if it's going to fiddle with the bookmarks, that isn't what I thought at all. I, I What I would want to do is just quickly check, um, say, Gmail on another account. Yeah. So, no. Hmm. That was all right, wasn't it? Google were doing well on, <laughs> until they did that to us. So, yeah, you had problems with that. I totally ignored it. Fair enough. Christmas shopping. Yes, it was a bad week. Was it a bad week? It was a bad week, wasn't it? Mm. Go on. You didn't even venture out shopping, but uh, still had a stressful time this week, didn't you? Well, it was the drives dying that started it. Obviously, I needed replacements. I didn't think this would be tricky, but I've had it with hard drives. Apart from the Lassie Power Supply debacle, 2006 to 2010, <laughs> um, I've decided I need to hot swap drives and, and not be piddling with um, external drives in cases. It, it, it's doing my head in. So I tried to buy some hard drives. Not a good time to buy. They are exorbitantly expensive. Uh, but when I went to try and buy, I thought, need to get matching sets here. That way they can just be swapped over. To find that there is a limit on how many you can purchase at the moment. It's like queuing for bread in Russia, isn't it? No, it, it, well, yes, but it also reminds me of buying aspirin and outravine. Yes, well, first off there was the hard drives, but then it got worse than that. Jumping the gun there premature punchlines. Um, yes, because then, of course, if I had drives, bare drives, I needed a dock to put them in. Well, the docks that I've got are really pretty much for backup. And what I wanted to do this time was have them faster. So I really wanted a Firewire 800 dock. To say it was all its money was an understatement, but I bit the bullet and I purchased said dock. It arrived and I tried it and it worked fine. And of course, my problem is I won't buy anything now, not a drive, not a dock, nothing, unless the power supply is standard and I've got a drawer full of spare ones, which I have actually, haven't I? You have. Yes, I have. I found five when I was tidying up my cables. So I've got plenty of power supply. So I bought this dock and I tried it. It was fantastic. So I thought, right, fine, I will order another one. Not a problem, I thought. So I wait because I'm ordering them from Amazon. How far wrong can I go? 
but I wait until the last 30 minutes to place an order. There's a cutoff time on the Amazon site and I wait till the last 30 minutes because if I don't, they have a nasty tendency to send it via Royal Mail. <laughs> see it sometime, never. Or Home Delivery Network. Mm, won't see it at all. So if I leave it to the last 30 minutes, they tend to send it CityLink or DPD. And the odds are I will see it at some point and it'll probably be the next day. So that was all I was doing, wasn't it? Yep. So I logged in to my Amazon account with about 25 minutes to go. This was just about the time you were arriving home. So the dog's barking, the neighbours are playing whatever music. I can't hear myself think. I'm trying to place an order. You're coming in. There's stuff all over the place. You can imagine. And I'm trying to order my dog. So I logs in and I chooses my dog and I puts it in my basket and I'm heading towards the checkout. Can't go wrong. They've got the credit card. All I've got to do is click buy. At which point it comes back with a message and said, you've exceeded your allowance. <clears throat> I've only bought one. They wouldn't let me buy the other one. Like I said, it's like buying aspirin at the uh, at Tesco's, isn't it? I wouldn't know, but do carry on. The computer <laughs> will only allow you to have two. Well, they wouldn't even let me have that many. <laughs> so I thought, this is ridiculous. So I can't buy a second dog. Now, like you said, I, I mean, we do have a lot of trouble trying to buy stuff. This is why I'm banned from supermarkets, because I will argue with them. But a dock, what's the problem if I want to buy two docks? What, what am I going to do with them? What harm can I cause with two, <laughs> two hard drive docks that I couldn't cause with one? Are you on any other medication, love? <laughs> no, but the way it was going with the shopping, I was seriously thinking of it. Are they for yourself or are they for somebody else? This is you, what I get asked. You've done this before, haven't you? Uh, yeah. yeah, you see, I'm not used to this kind of third degree when I'm trying to buy something. What's this all about? So it was a panic. Yes, I needed this dock. So um, you ordered it. You ordered it on my behalf. Well, I did. Yeah, I logged in as you and just bought it. Yeah. Mm. That's ridiculous. Because what made it even more ridiculous, I know what you're saying about the aspirin and stuff, and they only, I mean, I used to buy aspirin when I was about 16 in a bottle of 100. And now you're lucky if you can get eight pills in a packet. It's health and safety, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, hold that thought. Because I also, I also decided, rather than walk around to the chemist, I mean, let's not do that, that I would order some painkillers online from Amazon. And they were actually cheaper. So I was thinking, I'll order these painkillers. And I said to my mum, do you want any? So she said, oh, have they actually got them in? So I said, yeah, and, and they're cheaper. So, oh, well, I'll have a couple of those. So there was painkillers for you and painkillers for me and painkillers for my mum. So I thought, oh, I'll just put shipping order in then. And I thought, the chances of them letting me buy this if I can't have two docks, slim to non-existent. You're with me on that, aren't you? Definitely. Yeah, they accepted my order for 600 painkillers and didn't bat an eyelid. <laughs> and they arrived the next day. So apparently I'm safe to buy 600 painkillers, but not two hard drive docks. Speechless. Yeah, I pretty much was as well. But it wasn't just me, was it? You caused um, a bit of an uproar in Sainsbury's. Oh, in Sainsbury's, yes. I wanted to buy a torch. And, uh, yeah, the torch had a, 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 what do you call it, barcode on it. And it had a price on it. And uh, it's only a couple of quid. I tried to swipe it through the uh, the self-service thing. And I didn't even get unknown item in the bagging area. No, it just threw it back at you. <laughs> didn't know what it was. I, I had to take it to customer services in the end. And they had to type in the code and sort it out that way ridiculous this is why i'm banned from shopping isn't yes. it yes yeah after the incident I, with the peas i just i just stand there and i think mm, i wonder what a later reaction would be to this well you pretty much found out when you came home and they wouldn't let me buy a second dog <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> you know, that would have been too bad, but for the 600 pills, that really did get me going. Mm. So, with shopping in mind, we have the MacBytes Alternative Gift Guide to Christmas. I found a network cable, didn't I, when I was looking for one? Yes, I'll let you talk about that one. It doesn't take much description. <laughs> it was pink. I mean, ah! I'm not good with pink, am I? No. Talking of which, it's good to see the Pink Stinks campaign getting traction this year. Um, we've had the glory of pink Lego bricks, girls' science kits. I mean, what? A science kit's a science kit? Apparently not. And I didn't notice this when we went to Hamleys. But Hamleys apparently had the boys' toys on a floor that was painted blue and the girls' toys on one that was painted pink. And this week they have come to their senses and moved them all round and mixed them all up. So they're, they're no longer blue and pink and categorised. Ridiculous. But you found uh, interesting toys. I found an interesting toy. It was called a uh, Control Your Woman Remote. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, it lacked a keep her temper under control button, though, so uh, no good for you. Mm. I trust it lacked a send her shopping button. No, that was there as well. Uh, well, you you kindly sent me the link to that, so um, I immediately looked for a control your man remote, and there was one. Go on. Interestingly, I didn't bother looking at the buttons and stuff, interestingly, that was sold out. So I'm thinking there's more women trying to control men. Mm, it's back in stock now, though. Oh, lovely, I'll buy two then. <laughs> Go on, what, what the buttons? I can't read the buttons. Oh, that's just as well. No, back to the Pink Stinks. Yes, uh, there was a great quote as I was looking at this, because I was wondering how the campaign was going. There was a quote, and this was from the Sydney Morning Herald, and only, I think it was only yesterday. Um, it was talking about these Lego bricks that were pink, released for girls. And um, this quote made me smile. Girls are doomed to a future of passivity and reliance on male rescuing, apparently. OK. Mm. So when you want your next ram fitting, don't ask me because apparently I'm passive and I rely on you. I've got nothing to say. <laughs> you are completely speechless at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, never mind that. Anyway, uh, it's moving swiftly on. I'm looking forward in the new year to Netflix UK, who apparently have signed up the rights to BBC Worldwide. But whether that'll ever see the light of day over here, I really don't know. And as I said um, last week, I think, I'm sure it was last week, um, yes, photos of Matt Byers headquarters, um, they're back in, in our newsletter. So um, you get to see my, my new iMac this week. If you're not subscribed, go to mattbytes.co.uk and uh, sign up. And you can see the uh, tinsel snowball on the stethoscope. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go on to the feedback and comments that we've had this week? Indeed, we heard from Minster. Who said, and I quote, wait for this, he'll, he'll live to regret this, that the last show was the funniest ever, and I quote, well worth the wait. It's good to see you finally appreciating the genius of our release schedule, Minster. But I must thank Minster for his swift assistance when MacBite Siri called for help. Yes, it's not been a good day. To, well, actually, it's been, what, three, four days? Trying to record Matt Bites? Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, it, it was a wonder he could hear me above the cacophony of the neighbours DIYing. I know, it's Christmas week. Um, but Minster sent the heavies round. And between that and me playing Patricia the Stripper at full blast, I can honestly say we've not heard a peep from them since. He's the main man as Minster. I'm sensing a man crush developing here, you know. 
I thought you said Siri was a woman. Oh, whatever, I'm gender neutral. So am I. And coming in 2012, we've got a whole range of MacBytes learning events, starting with balance your budget the easy way. Not one I'll be delivering, of course. No, too busy spending. No, I'm saving myself for Photoshop elements. Ah, more Lara Crofting. Oh, yes. Um, and lots more Pixelmator. Yes, Pixelmator has been voted uh, Mac App Store App of the Year. So plenty more Pixelmator and oh, the odd Lara Croft appearance, I think. So check out MacBytesLearning.co.uk. Well, that's it for this episode of MacBytes. Not quite. Must make mention of Derek and his amazing ability to sniff out iTunes voucher bargains. Uh, we've already stocked up for Christmas, thanks to one of his deals that he found, but he's found another deal, so uh, UK only, I'm afraid. But this one runs till the 4th of January, so all those getting cash for Christmas, make it go further. You can get £15 vouchers for £12 at Comet until the 4th of January. So really well worth it. You can save quite a bit, as I know, because I spent quite a bit. So thank you very much, Derek. I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank all the MacBiters for your contributions to the show and for listening and wish you and your families a very, very happy Christmas. Yes, may your Christmas stockings be overflowing with toys from Cupertino. Stockings, plural. You've not mixed up my Christmas present and gone to Ann Summers instead of Apple, have you? Would I? Mm, hope not. <laughs> Wouldn't thank you for it. No, well, as always, we'd love to hear from you. So send us your questions, your comments and your queries to mapbytesuk at gmail.com. Use the contact form on the website or send us an audio file. Or leave us a comment on the show notes at mapbytes.co.uk. And don't forget to keep sending your Mac Love Bites in. And also keep liking us on Facebook. Sign up for the newsletter at macbytes.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter at macbytes, twitter.com slash macbytes. And follow me personally at twitter.com slash thomasmike. And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Elaine Charles. You can follow me at twitter.com slash macbytesiri. So until the next time, this has been Mike and Elaine bringing you macbytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time. Just a minute. Isn't that the neighbours again? Go on, Chris, give it all you've got. For Patricia is the best stripper in town.